We're talking here about a person who is experiencing what's called Timtum Halev. Timtum Halev Hamayach, which means that the heart is stopped up. The person is incapable of feeling excitement, passion, joy, love in the areas of Kedusha. And although the person um, thinks about the greatness of Hashem, contemplates the greatness of Hashem, and understands the greatness of Hashem, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the pipes are clogged. You know, the way that the Abishter created the human being, it's um, a brilliant piece of spiritual plumbing. Meaning that there are pipes, it starts with the mind, thank you very much. It starts with the mind, and from the mind, the pipes take it into the heart. And from the heart, it goes through the various uh, parts of the heart, the various middas, and then it um, manifests itself as machshava dibra maisa, thought, speech, and action. So when everything is clear, when the system is clear, something that begins over here will end up in thought, speech, and action after having gone through the process of the emotions. But if the, there's something over here clogging, there's some reason that the heart is not um, going along. Although that I understand, although that I think, although I contemplate, but it is not engendering the appropriate emotional response. Slater Rebbe says that um, he brings from the Zayar, a piece of wood which doesn't catch fire. So you have to uh, splinter it to little pieces, and the same thing is gufa, a body. The light of the neshama, the passion, the fire of the neshama is not catching on to the gufa, it has to be crushed. So if you're not getting excited and passionate, you're not having an emotional response towards Hashem, towards Torah and Mitzvahs, so what ha- <clears throat> the antidote to that is crushing oneself, is crushing oneself. And why is it oneself? So we discussed this last week, that by the Bainini, in other words, the person who is not the tzaddik, who is the self? Who is the natural self? Who am I? I am the Nefesh Bahamas. My natural desires are to satisfy myself and to take care of myself and to gratify myself. And to a certain extent, my um, spiritual self, my Nefesh Alikis, its desires are relatively strange, relatively foreign. They're not the native, natural desires that I have. So because I am the Klipa, I am the Nefesh Abahamas, so therefore... Klipa Noga, right? Um, klipa Snoga, yeah. So therefore, therefore, I need to crush myself, I need to crush, uh, I need to crush my ego in order for the light of the neshama to be able to take hold, and in order for the fire of the neshama for me to be able to get excited and passionate, etc. Let, let, let's do this inside. I think we did this last week, but we'll, we'll repeat a little. We're going to start eight lines from the page, from the top of Lamed Vav. That's opposite of page seventy. The last word in the line is ulazais. Ulazais, and therefore, in other words, because of the, there's this, this blockage, because the the heart is not um, catching on. So the klipa needs to be crushed. And denigrated and brought down to the earth. It means that one has to designate times. 
to denigrate oneself. To be disgusting and repulsive in, one, in one's own eyes. Kakasov, as the Pasuk says, that when you have a broken heart, then Ruach Nishbara, that's how we break the Ruach Atuma, the spirit of impurity. That is the Sitra Akhra, the Klipa. By the average person, by the Bainini, by the struggler, that is, the, the person is the Sitra Akhra. Nefesh Achiyunis. Because the nefesh abahamis, which gives life to the body, he betakvaki toldasa is at full strength, bilibai within his heart. So nimza turns out he he adam atzmei that this is the person himself. The nefesh abahamis is the person himself. While nefesh alikishabai, I I have a neshama. You're telling me that I'm nefesh abahamis. How about my neshama? Yes. True, you have a nefesh elokis, but regarding the nefesh elokis, Nemar it is said, "Neshama shenasata bitoirei." The neshama that you placed within me is pure. Shenasata b that you placed within me, daika. We can infer from these words, "Meklal shaadam asmi nenuan neshama tohira." I am not the neshama. The neshama is something which is placed within me. Let's stop over here. So a simple reading of um, a simple reading of the Tanya over here would seem to tell us that what am I? I am Klipa. I am the Nefshah Bahamas and I have a Neshama within me. The Rebbe addresses this and the Rebbe says that even though the Rebbe says this, but this is only the way it seems, but it's not the fact. In fact, who is the real you is the Nefesh Alikis. Not the Nefshah Bahamas. Even by, by every Yid, even by the Bainini, even by the struggler, the true you is the Nefesh Alikis. And what is the proof? What is the what is the raya? What is the proof that the true you is the nefesh alikis? <clears throat> the litmus test is, and this is something which uh, we've discussed at length in previous chapters and previous prakim, is that when a yid is put to the test, whether whether to give, a, you know, to, uh, to repudiate or reject his, his Yiddishkeit, chas v'shalom, or, to, um, or to give up his or her life, the choice that a Yid will make is to give up his or her life rather than repudiate his relationship with Hashem and his Yiddishkeit. What is, and we've spoken about this many times, and I think we've mentioned the fact that a Yid is willing to give up his life, Al-Kiddush Hashem, is to a certain extent the most important thing you need to know about a Yid. And why is that? And when we say a Yid is willing, as a rule, Yidin are willing, millions and millions of Yidin throughout the generations. And why is that? Because there is nothing, the Nefesh Bahamas, what is the Nefesh Bahamas? It is desire, as mentioned, it is self. If you, if you want to put the nefesh of Bahamas into one word, it would be self. Nefesh alikis, what is one word? What you want to put into one word would be? Bittel. Bittel, yeah. right? So the nefesh of Bahamas is, 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 is self, or yeshus in Hebrew. And the nefesh of Bahamas, uh, sorry, nefesh of Bahamas is self, or ego, or uh, yeshus. Narcissist. Uh, I wouldn't say narcissism. Narcissism is, is a disorder. Where be, but um, just the, the sense of self, the sense of uh, 
that the most important thing is me and I need to, I'm working to make myself happy and to pleasure myself and to gratify myself and to preserve myself. And the Nefesh Elokis is bitl. There is nothing more basic to the Nefesh Elokis. What does Nefesh Elokis want? It wants a lot of things. But the, the most basic thing, what is the most basic desire of the Nefesh Elokis? Is to be. Pleasure. Is to be. Because if it isn't, if it doesn't exist, there is nothing, there's, there's no, uh, there is no pleasure. Self-preservation. The instinct of self-preservation is uh, greater than anything else. The desire to live, the desire to be. It's the strongest desire that a person has. It's the strongest drive that a person has. Self-preservation or self-perpetuation. Uh, Someone puts a gun to the head of a yid. And says, either you bow down to a cross, or I'm going to kill you. What is the Nefshah Muhammad saying? What does the Nefshah Muhammad want to do? It wants to survive. Nefshah Muhammad, it wants to survive. With every fiber of its being, the only thing that it wants is to survive. Self. Preserve the self. There is nothing that is more antithetical to the Nefshah Bahamas than allowing itself to cease to exist. What does the Nefesh Alakis say? Nefesh Alakis, there is no self. It's more than happy to give up its life. What about the Moranos? So good, They're not Jews? That's a good question. And if you go back in, uh, if you go on YouTube or Bashem Tov Library and, and the, and the classes we gave on chapter 18 and chapter 19 we spoke about that at length so I don't want to repeat it but we spoke about that okay. chapters 18 and 19 in Tanya the Nefesh Alakis is very happy to give up its life who wins the war historically who are the Nefesh Alakis which means that the desire to connect to Hashem is more deep-seated than the desire for self-preservation. <coughs> is there anything else you need to know about a yid? Really, I mean, that's all you need to know about a yid. That his or her desire to maintain their relationship with Hashem is more important than existence itself. So which is more primary, the Nefesh Al-Kis or the Nefesh Al-Mahamis? We must say the Nefesh Al-Kis. We must say that. <coughs> Even by, the, by every single yid, the, the, which one is deeper, which one is more central to our existence, is the nefesh alikis. Because when push comes to shove, the nefesh alikis handily and easily defeats the nefesh Bahamas. You're saying just statistically, based on statistics, or, or saying based on historical precedent that yidin throughout the generations gave up their life like Yiddish Hashem. Yes, there were exceptions, and we spoke about those exceptions. I know before. They, they weren't really exceptions. Really, they were also part of it. They were also Yidin, and they also would have, give, would have given up their lives not to separate themselves from Hashem, but they deluded themselves into thinking that they can still remain connected to Hashem in that state. So therefore, who am I? I am an, really, I'm at the deepest part of who I am. I'm the Nefesh Alikis. And then, then I'm going to add something else which is very interesting. And we'll understand this better in a few parakim when we learn Periklam at Beis, which is about Avas Yisrael. The Rebbe says, the ability to have Avas Yisrael, which Al-Tarebbe is going to, we're going to talk about this at length, again in a, in a few weeks from now, 
is the ability to have what's called what Al-Turabe describes as nafsham ikar v'gufa itafel that a person's soul should be primary and the body should be secondary nefesh is primary, nefesh Baham is secondary why? very simple on the nefesh level we're all one on the nefesh Baham's level we're all uh, selfs self-entities right? selfs, we're all uh, I'm not you and you're not me and we're uh, each one of us is out for our own self-gratification so how can I have a haftal riyacha kamaycha? Only if my what is well, what is primary is my neshama, because on that soul level we're all I can achieve unity with all of Klal Yisrael. If you're going to tell me that who am I is the nefesh Bahamas, as Doctor seems to be implied from the Peiritani over here, then it would be impossible for every year to have Avas Yisrael. Who would be able to have Avas Yisrael? A tzaddik, a tzaddik whose uh, whose uh, neshama is primary. And Gufa secondary, so the tzaddik can have Avish Yisrael. But the mitzvah of Yehafta L'Riyacha Kamoicha is spoken and said to every single Jewish person, not only tzaddikim. Which means to tell you that every single Yid has the ability to live a life wherein the neshama is primary and the Gufa secondary. So we can't say, I am the Guf, because if I am the Guf, then I can't have Avish Yisrael. For me to have Avish Yisrael, I have to be the neshama. Nevertheless, Dr. Rebbe says over here in Tanya that who am I is the goof. So we have to read the Nefshah Bahamas. So we have to differentiate. There is the natural me, there is the default me. The natural default me is the Nefshah Bahamas. That we know. We know that for a fact, as we established that last week. SNS, right? What do I, what's the natural me? I want to eat, I want to drink, I want to have pleasure. And and the desires of the nefesh alukiyah seem to be foreign to the natural and default me. But the fact that the nefesh Bahamas is more natural to me and is my default mode of behavior and feeling doesn't mean that it's the primary me. The primary me always remains the nefesh alukiyah. And here in this period we're going to say that the nefesh Bahamas is klipa and we have to break the nefesh Bahamas. We have to do a mevachinle, we have to crush it. I have to crush myself. Yeah, but which self? Am I really crushing myself? I'm crushing my nefesh Muhammad. What does that allow for when I crush my nefesh Muhammad? That allows for the realist me, the deepest me, to be able to emerge and for myself to catch on, catch on fire with the light and with the passion of the nefesh alikis. <clears throat> So let's move on over here. How do you crush yourself? How do you crush? That's what we're going to learn. Oh. We're going to start doing that very soon. Okay. Ki'im b'tzadikim. A little more than halfway, um, halfway from the top of the page. Ki'im b'tzadikim. Only by tzadikim, by them their soul is primary. Shabahemu lahepach. In other words, by them their soul is their natural their natural default setting. Shabaham Ulahepik by Tzadikim, the opposite is true. The, the, the pure soul, which is the godly soul. That is, the, that is their default state, that is the natural state, that is who the person is. The Gufam and their body and the Nefshabaham is Nikra Bisar Adam. That is only the flesh of the of the person. But the person himself is the Nefshalikis. 
would say to his students. would go eat. What would he say? He would say that he's going to do kindness with the shamed one and with the poor one. He was referring to his body. Because the the body was like a stranger. The body's needs were like strange needs, as opposed to by us, where it's the opposite way. And therefore he said that he was doing a kindness to his body. By the, by the, when he was feeding it. Because Hillel himself, he was an Ephesholikis. It alone was giving life to his body and to his flesh. Because any evil, any sense of ego that was beforehand in the Nefesha Bahamas, which is in the, which was in his blood and in his flesh, was transformed to good. And it's become completely subsumed. In the nefesh alikis, bit tzadikim, that is by tzadikim. Avol bebeinini, but by a beinini, by a struggler, by other people, everyone other than tzadikim. Me'ach hashemu husavatz musa shalaf shachayunis abahamis. Shemisiter achara, because the essence of the nefesh abahamis, of the sitra achara, hamlubeshes bedamei, which is in his blood, ubesari, and his flesh, loy nefach l'toiv, was not transformed to good. So this is who you are. You are your nefesh abamis. And if so, if so, you are ultimately distant from Hashem. Oh, okay. You asked how we do the mevachem, how we crush. Now we're beginning. The Alter Rebbe begins by saying, who do we have to crush? Or what do we have to crush? We're saying we have to crush the klipa. The wood, right? The wood has to be chopped. What is that wood? What is the klipa that has to be chopped to allow the neshama to catch fire? So the first thing he said is, that's you. That's you, your ego, yourself. You're too smug, you're too self-satisfied. You know, you might be doing all the mitzvahs, but, but who are the fact that you are you, that you are a mitzvah, that already is a klipa, and that has to be broken. So because you are klipa, you have to be broken. How do you break it? How do you break it? Well, the first thing is that thought itself. That thought itself is enough to break a person. The thought that I am klipa. And as Al-Tareb is going to say, we because we are the Nefesh Bahamas, that is our natural default setting. The natural me is me and I have my desires. That makes us ultimately distant from Hashem. This is a, a shocking statement. You know, we're used to thinking that a person does have virus, he becomes distant from Hashem. You do mitzvahs, you become close to Hashem. Dr. Rebbe is saying, you and me, due to our very constitution, our God-given constitution, we are distant from Hashem. It's not an issue of blame. You're not guilty. You didn't do anything wrong. 
But in the pecking order of things, there's nothing more distant from Hashem than you. As Alter Rebbe says, um, you're more distant from Hashem than a mosquito, than a trefa animal. Why is that? You have a nefshel a kiss in you. You have a nefshel a kiss. But Alter Rebbe just established that who is the default you? When you wake up in the morning, what, 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 uh, which soul is automatically activated? Shemhamis. It's a predominant soul there, all the time. So, so if that's true, why is the first thing we do when we open our eyes saying, well, Danny? Because, well, that's the Nefshah Lukis waking up, but it's a second after the Nefshah Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Comments are allowed, but it's very possible that if you wait two, three minutes, because I'm, I'm only beginning to explain what I'm saying. I'll wait. But in general, yes, comments are allowed. What does it mean to be close to Hashem? What does it mean to be close to another person? Closeness, in a spiritual sense, means being in sync. When you have a good friend, what makes you close to that friend? Shared desires, shared interests, shared way of thinking. You know, they say opposites attract. That's not true. If you have a friend and you think, why am I friends with that person? It could be despite the fact that we are opposites in certain ways. But if you're that person's friend, it's because there's definitely many things that you share with that person. What brings you close to someone is shared um, interests. It's not all about behavior. Uh, a grotesque example. If someone, you know, if you had a friend and that person tells you that one day, you know, um, I never confided this with, with anyone, but you know, you're my friend, I'll confide in you. And, you know, there's this desire I have, 10, 15 times a day I fantasize about it. I, I like killing people with an axe. But I would never do it. Never do it. Self-control. Don't worry, you don't have to be scared of me. I'm all, How's your relationship with this person going to continue from there on? It's not. That could be a good relationship. But, what, but what's wrong? The person never did anything wrong. And he, might, you, he might turn on you. But is, that the, is that the problem that you worry he might... Well, what if you were confident he wouldn't turn upon you? The, the distance fact, yeah. that's created, yeah. the fact that there could be a person who wants to do that, that... How can you want to do that? I'm a kind person. I'm a giving person. For me, to, to, to someone who wants to kill someone, it just... Now, how close are we to Hashem if we desire to do Averis? How in sync are we with Him? If what are we really thinking about all day is about ourselves and about doing Averis? 
even if we never act upon them, even if we actually never do an Avera, the very fact that me and Hashem are on totally different pages, His agenda and mine are so different, goes to show how distant I am from Hashem. A tzaddik is in sync with Hashem. So why did God create a person in such a fashion? As far as an initial... This is, not about, this is not about culpability. This is not about guilt. This is about fact. Do you accept that a mosquito is very distant from Hashem? Sure. Compared to an angel? So what did the mosquito do wrong? We're not blaming the mosquito. He's a mos it's a mosquito. But the fact is that the mosquito is not an angel in terms of its relationship with Hashem. So you should know that you're lower than a mosquito. Not your fault, that's the way Hashem created you. But in terms of an honest self-assessment of who you are, why? Because at the end of the day, why are you lower than a mosquito? Because the mosquito never has a desire to go against Hashem's will. And you do. You are, you are on a completely different page than Hashem. So what the, the conversation began with that the mevachinle, the crushing, has to start with oneself. Why? Because you are the nefesh of Bahamas. Once you understand that you're the nefesh of Bahamas, that also becomes the key to how to do the mevachinle. If you're to take a moment and to think into your spiritual state and realize how lowly you are, how do you judge how lowly you are? You know, you ever that expression? Where a person's will is, that's where he is. There's a, a story, maybe it's about the Friedrich Rebbe. I don't remember who, but he was a kid who was looking out the window. And he was in Cheder, he was learning. It was a nice day outside, he's looking out the window. And I don't know whether his teacher or maybe the Rebbe told him, his father Rebbe, said it's better to be outside looking in than to be inside looking out. Because there's a word from the Baal Shem Tev, the idea from the Baal Shem Tev, that where your desire is, that's where you are. Where is your desire? Outside. Right, I'm saying it, all of us, where is our desire is outside. So we learn, so we do, so we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs. But we are so removed from a spiritual way of life. And this is a very, very humbling thought. Very humbling thought. In case you ever, you know, when you're, you're a little excited about yourself, a little happy about yourself, this is the mevachalite. Number one, you have to know that if you are a person, if you're not a spiritual person, and spirituality doesn't interest you, you're just, uh, then okay, so, uh, distant from Hashem, close to Hashem, uh, no big deal, this way or that way. But a person who kirvasa lakim yachbats, a person who desires to be close to Hashem, and takes a moment to reflect on how distant he really is from Hashem, that's a devastating thought. Devastating thought. Now, yes. How does Hashem act? What, how does it do action? Take break sheets. Starts off there's one, six days there's many, Shabbat there's the one and the many. Right? Dialectical logic. Okay, so if I take stock of myself, I see I have my manyness, and then there's, a, there's a, the idea for the, to somehow bring the manyness and the oneness together. Okay. But I think the idea of crushing my manyness, I would not be a Tzalamil king. Okay, that was more a statement than a question. Uh, I'm not, it wasn't I do want to right. point out 
that there are there are always two sides to the coin. For example, we're saying that the human being is the only creature that has a desire to do to uh, go against Hashem's will, and that makes us very very distant from Hashem. The opposite opposite side of the coin is that because we're the only creature that has a desire to do differently than what Hashem wants, that's what makes us the greatest. Because it's what gives value to whatever we do. We're not robots. We actually want to do differently, and we still do what Hashem wants, which is what, which is what makes us so great. And they're both true. Both sides of the coin are true. However, right now, in this Peirik, and in the next Peirik, we are focusing on Mevachinle. We are deliberately ignoring one side of the coin. Because since the goal is to crush ourselves, because there's a certain problem. Again, the, the, the crushing isn't the, isn't the end. It's the means towards the end. The problem is that a person is experiencing Timtum Aleph. The person is not, not able to have experienced the, the fire of the neshama, the passion of the neshama. So to be able to re-experience that, we need a, we need a crush neshamamis. So we are deliberately going to look at everything in a very one-sided way. Later, afterwards, when we need to come back to a place of simcha, and as we'll find out actually, this crushing, not only um, is it not an impediment to simcha, but at least to simcha, we are going to transition and we're going to start looking at the other side of the coin of everything. And that's going to lead us to Simcha afterwards. But right now, right now we are actually, our goal is to, uh, to humble ourselves. And for that purpose, we are going to have blinders. But, and everything we're going to say here is true. It's not a half a truth. But there are, there are many different truths. right? And which, which one are we going to focus on today? The truth is, that from a certain perspective, there's nothing more distant from Hashem than the human being. There's nothing less in sync with Hashem than the human being due to the fact that the human being, forget about the fact that we do things that he doesn't want. Even if you've never done anything that Hashem doesn't want, okay? Even if you're the highest, you know, you're a Benini, but the mere fact that you desire something which Hashem doesn't want already puts you in the position of something which is ultimately distant from Hashem. Let's do this inside. Top line, page 72. Why are you ultimately distant from Hashem, Sharei? Because the faculty of desire, which again is your natural self, has the ability to desire things that are forbidden. Things that go against Hashem's will. And even if you don't actually really, really want to do it. But they're not repulsive to you, like it is by a tzaddik. In other words, Anyim Kippur, you want to eat. Not that you're really going to eat. Not that you're desire, But you want to eat. By a tzaddik, the thought of eating Anyim Kippur is uh, is nauseating, right? By us, even in those areas where we are victorious, and even those areas where it's not just where we're not even struggling that much, the fact that we have a desire for it—how can you have a desire for something which Hashem finds repulsive? What does that tell you about your relationship with Him? 
and in this, you are lower, more depraved, and more disgusting than trefa animals, and creepy crawly things. Kinis Galil is mentioned earlier in chapter 23. as David says, I am a worm. Meaning that just like a worm desires low things, I desire low things. Vila'isha, not a person. But you think into it. If a person desires low things and a worm desires low things, so who is lower? The person, because I'm a person. How, why, why am I drawn to these low things? Sorry? This was before Dawah and Melch became a tzaddik. Apparently so. The Gemara says about David HaMelech that he killed his Yitzhar Betainis, which implies that. Uh, yeah. Even when the Nefesh Alikis overpowers the Nefesh Bahamas, completely overpowers it. And awakens the love for Hashem Bishasat Filam during Davening. It's not the ultimate truth. This Ava is not the ultimate truth. Because. Because after davening, this Ava goes awakened. Iskarlila is mentioned earlier. Save Perikud Gimel. Anyone here remembers the context of Perikud Gimel? Was it a year ago? We learned it. It's fascinating. In Perikud Gimel, the Alter Rebbe says that you should know that the Ava of the Benini during davening, the Ava of the struggle during davening, is not the Emes Lamita. It's not the ultimate truth like the Tzaddik. Because the Tzaddik's Ava. It's constant and enduring. Emes, the definition of emes is something which always is. It's not dependent on any other circumstance. Then it's not really emes. It's dependent on something else. Says Al-Tarebbe, but don't be, says the Benini, don't be distressed by that. Why? Because it's your truth. It's your truth. It's not the emes lamiti of a tzaddik, but your amba is your truth and the fact that every single day that you can daven and during davening you can reawaken the love for Hashem, so it's your truth. So in Perikud Gimel, when Dr. Rebbe brings it down, Dr. Rebbe is, is reassuring the Benini. And over here, Dr. Rebbe is suddenly taking it and using it to knock the Benini. But again, that's all the context of where we are. We're trying to accomplish something over here. So you're, you, you're all proud of yourself. Why? Because uh, you daven, and when you daven, you're consumed with the love for Hashem. Great! But where is that love after davening? It's gone! What does that show you about the love? That it's not the Emes Lamite. It's not the ultimate true love, because ultimate true love doesn't disappear after 10 minutes. So this is all part of the Mevachinli, of the crushing of the, of the Nefesh, uh, Nefesh Bahamas. So the first, uh, of the person, so the first thing, when a person needs to do Mevachinli, crush himself, you know, it's kind of interesting, because for most of us, if we're feeling... Let's say we're suffering this problem. Let's uh, talk practical. We feel timtum halev. My heart is like a stone. So what, what would be step number one? So first of all, step number one is not mevachinle. We mentioned this last week. Step number one is take a sefer tanya, take a sefer chassidus, take a sefer musr, learn about the greatness of Hashem, think about it, and Try to get your heart uh, inspired. It might take you an hour, it might, it might take you two hours. But sitting two hours with a Sefer and learning about the Godless Hashem or learning usually does the trick, it should do the trick. That's step number one, right? 
Step number two, that's not working, so you realize you need a mevachonle, right? As Dr. Rebbe says, you need a mevachonle. You need to humble yourself. You need to get off your high horse and realize that you're not, uh, as they say, God's gift to mankind. So how do you, how do, you do a mevachonle? <laughs> exactly, yaskele yemamisa. Exactly, right? Mar brachas, right? It's a similar, uh, similar idea. Yeah. But Yasker Le Yavamisa, just to point out, is the last option the Gemara gives. Learn Torah, say Kriya Shema, right? There are a few things, and if all this doesn't work, then Yasker Le Yavamisa, which is similar to here. The Bevachinle is, la- is a last resort. Because the first resort is not to, to you know, it's not, it's not Musr. It's not, the first resort is not to humble yourself. But if nothing works, yeah, then. So how do you do Mevachanle? If you had to, I'm asking you, if you had to go and you had to humble yourself and think about you, how low you are. So for most of us, it's not very difficult. We don't have to think too hard to figure out how lowly we are and how many things we're not doing properly. The challenge that the Alter Rebbe faces here in Tanya is that Tanya is ostensibly also addressing the person who has never done an Avera, a Benini. Eh, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> how, is, how, how is this person supposed to humble himself? Maybe he is God's gift to mankind. He's a, he does all mitzvahs, he stays away from Averis, he davens with Avas Hashem. So the Alter Rebbe is, 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 is taking us to high, even if you are a Benini. You're... The, you, the fact of your existence and the fact that your natural self desires things that Hashem doesn't want, that already can humble you. But I think for most of us, I don't, even, I don't think that we have to go that far. There are easier ways probably for us to, uh, and we probably don't even have to think too far back, <laughs> not more than a day or two or three to come up with reasons and, and uh, why, why, why to humble ourselves. Okay. So, the, so the, the first thing the Alter Rebbe says is that you desire your desire for, for things that Hashem finds repulsive means you're not in sync with Him, that means you're distant from Him. Spiritual distance means you're not on the same page. You know, what, what do they say about a husband and wife? You know, once the relationship is good, when, the, when one begins the... the, the the sentence, and the other one ends the sentence, right? That's being on the same page, that's being in sync. Can Hashem start uh, some words and I and me end some words? No, we're in, we're in different uh, wavelengths. This is, uh, I'm a yesh, right? I'm, a, I'm about myself, and Hashem is about him. A tzaddik is not about self, number one. Number two, you're, you think that you're so great because when you daven, you have Ava Hashem, shvach uh, Ava. What? It goes away, it goes away. It's not true. Okay, and then we're going to move on. Can I please say something? Mm. I've been doing therapy for 40 years, okay? Gestalt therapy. And the process of Gestalt therapy is you help a person be aware, and when the moment a person starts being aware here and now, they discover that they have polarities. I'm on the one hand, I'm this. On the other hand, I'm that. You work through the polarity, that's what the splintering is about. Discovering the two sides of where you are, that, and, and when you face the conflict, you go inside, find the new idea that comes out of the Chalal Panui, that's a Tzimtzum moment, you get the next conflict. So a master of accounting is working through a series of conflicts and not flagellating yourself and torturing yourself and making yourself feel like garbage. Okay? That's my opinion. In the future, I'll try to keep it to questions and not comments, okay? Well, befrat and especially, 
when a person will recall the impurity of the soul to the sins of the youth and the blemish that one made above through the sins of the youth so the sins of the youth is a euphemism in general, when it talks about the sins of the youth, it's a reference to um, the intentional seminal discharge, what's called Zerah Levatala. So, Dr. Rebbe is saying that if a person thinks into these particular sins of the youth, and consider the Pegam Sha'asa Belyoinim, the incredible blemish that a person creates above. And the higher worlds through this sin. Now the truth is, every single time a person sins, the person creates a pagambal yoinam, a person creates a blemish above. Dr. Rebbe is referring to this particular sin, first of all because in Kabbalah talks about the incredible uh, amount of tumah. We spoke about this a little in Perik Zion, chapter 7. The incredible amount of uh, powers of impurity that's unleashed through this particular sin of Zaral and moreover, it's also a sin which is ubiquitous. What? Ubi- ubiquitous? How do you pronounce the word? Yeah. Ubiquitous. What does that mean? It's very, very common. It's very, very difficult to find someone that's um, that's nucky. That's that's. Uh, so therefore, even if someone happens to be a bainini today, so the chances are that this is something. If you're looking for a place for mevachene, looking a place to cross for yourself, this is a sin which generally can be found and contemplate the incredible damage that you did above through this Avera, through this sin. One second. Is that why it says Nurim? Nurim? Nurim yes. Sins of the youth. Is that why? Because but that call, it's uh, yeah, Shaykh more to the young people. But one second. We're talking here about a person who's a Bainini. This person has done Shuva. Why does he have to worry about Avedras that he's done in the past? So yeah, we know ain't davar im Shuva can fix everything. So what's uh, why is this different than any other avera? As if the avera is not there any longer. Right. Says the Alter Rebbe, v'sham and over there, hula ma'ila mahasman. The problem is that when you do an avera, and this is really true about any avera, when you do an avera, you make a pegamla ma'ila, you're causing a blemish above. The problem is that above, in the higher worlds, it's a dimension which transcends time. There's no such thing as time. There's no such thing as this happened yesterday, and this is going to happen tomorrow, and this happened today. Whatever is, is. So therefore, it's as if it happened today. Because there is no sense of time above. The place where you made the, 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 the damage in the higher spiritual worlds is a place, a plane, which is above time. One second. What about the Yeah, but if my Aveda is above time, then so is my Tshuva. So just like the Tshuva, in other words, if I did the Aveda ten years ago, and I did Tshuva nine years ago, so today I did Aveda and I did Tshuva also. So again, how does that help me, the fact that it's Lamayla Mazman? Says even though the person has already done a proper tshuva, the main tshuva is in the heart. Meaning to say, you did tshuva nechayna. What is a proper tshuva? The essence of tshuva is the firm resolve never to do the avera again. That is tshuva nechayna. 
according to halacha, that's enough. Tshuva is a concept in halacha, because someone who does averus is pasul edus, right? And um, it's considered a rasha. So charat ala avar is not the ikir. Is is not is not. It's not, it's not ma'akir. Iker tshuva, al talks about it in the Gersh tshuva. The main thing of tshuva is the Kabbalah, aziva sachet balavad, leaving the Avera hainu. As al Tabe says, Sheyashuv beliboy, labal Yashuv oid lechisla, that he's going to make a firm resolve. He's never again going to repeat the foolishness and to, and to rebel against Hashem. That's tshuva nechoyna. Oh, but Iker not tshuva. The essence of tshuva is taka belief. Is in the heart, is in the regret. Oh, that mean? Oh, the left. In the left, yeah. In other words, the tshuva on a very simple tshuva nochina, proper tshuva, according to Allah, simple tshuva, which when you come up above, that's enough. Yarveda doesn't exist anymore. You're forgiven. It's pashat the simple, the, 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 the intense resolve never to do that very again. That's a tshuva nochina. But ikara tshuva, you know, you want to go to deeper, the depth of what tshuva really is, it's balev, it's in the heart. And that involves regret. How much regret do you have? So, the answer is that. How do you evaluate? It that depends on the day. It depends on the person. Depends on the day. Al Tebe points out that David and Melach, that after the story of David and Shavalman, you know, and he got a visit from Nasna Navi who berated him. So you have in Kapitel Nun Aleph. So what does it say that uh, David and Melach says? Amongst the things he says, it's a very. Uh, if you read the Kapitel and you think into what it's saying very uh, heart sick and he's obviously completely broken by what happened that's which says uh, you know ruach nishbara lev nishbar ruach nishbara so one of the things he says over there in the process of his deep deep regret in shuva is vechatasi negdi samid which is that my sin will always be against me ah he did shuva what? he did shuva what, is that a healthy thing? Well, he did shuva? at what point do you say that you're allowed to forgive yourself you know to use today's 21st century terminology. At a certain point, you got to move past it. But David Amalach already here in the beginning is declaring, no, I'm never moving past it. As long as I live, I will always be aware and conscious of my sin. In a different place in Tanya, Nigar Satshuvah, the Alter Rebbe says that the word Lenegdi brings Rayas from the Torah, that the word Lenegdi, it says, that says, mil. And the word Meneged means from a distance. So just to understand what it says, when David says, he didn't mean that it's going to be over here. And that's going to cover his vision, that's the only thing that he's aware of. From a distance. It's, it doesn't, uh, it's not something which is there and crushing me on a daily basis, but it never leaves my consciousness, never leaves my awareness, at least from a distance. But why? If I do a if I do tshuva, why can't I just move past it? Forget. forget. And what's wrong with forgetting? If I, if I erased it, let me forget it. What? Why should he have it in his mind? Why should he? Okay, so that's you could say one thing is it's definitely a valid answer. Dr. Rebbe is going to give us a deeper answer. Dr. Rebbe is going to say if Ikara Truva is believed, the main part of Truva is in the heart, which means to regret what you did. Why is it important to regret? Because the Truva is about returning to Hashem. And if you're returning to Hashem, how can you not feel regret for what you did? How can you not feel it's it's part it's part of the it's part of the package? But how much regret are you expected to feel? Okay, there is no we don't have any uh, scale. We have no right. It's not. Uh, but one thing we do know, 
It depends on the person, because different people have different capacity for feeling regret. And why is that? Because your regret depends on your knowledge, your sensitivity, and the depth of your relationship with Hashem. A very simplistic example. Let's say you have a child, chas v'shalom. Ten-year-old child gets the anger tantrum and uh, he burns a, a painting. Uh, a, uh, a valuable heirloom painting. Sorry? A Picasso. He emerges from his temper tantrum and he feels regret. Even a 10-year-old, right? He feels regret. On a 10-year-old level. 20 years later, how much is he going to regret what he did? Not too much. Not too much? Yeah, much more. more. Much more. Because he's going to appreciate that. How much can a 10-year-old understand what he did? Oh, I see. That's more does. Much more. And let's say, when he's 30 years old, he decides that he's going to art school. And he learns all about Picasso. I, I don't know if Picasso's, are they, are they rare or not? Everything. What? Millions of dollars. His regret is going to become even more. The more he understands, the more he appreciates, the greater the regret. When you're in a relationship with someone, you hurt that person, you can regret. But let's say after that, the relationship intensifies, the relationship improves, the feelings become more positive. So what's going to happen? The regret is going to increase because now you feel even worse that you hurt someone who is so special and who you love so much. And the exact same thing is true as Truva. When a person does an Avera, by definition, the fact that he did an Avera shows how spiritually insensitive he is. How much regret can he feel at that time? So a very basic shuva is, you have to feel regret commensurate to the level where you are. But tomorrow, when you move to a higher level, when you learn some more Torah, when you dive in a little, and your relationship with Hashem has been, now you understand much more what an Aveda is. Your regret has to be deeper. So your tshuva is not open. So as you're growing, your tshuva has to grow with you. And that's why David HaMelech said, V'chatosi negdi samid. He says, my sin is never going away because as much as I am going to grow, I'm never growing out of this. My tshuva will always grow with me. You had a story along with it. Yes. But I'm not repeating it because I'm, see, that's why I'm not repeating it because I figured the story from Sadi Goin. Right? Very good. Yes. It gives me an achas. But, but there we were talking about a different point. We weren't talking that much about this point. We were talking about how, how change is, a, is that regret is a result of change. Right? I said a, a slightly different point, but to say the same story applies. Yeah. So that's why Dabda Mel says, Khatasi Nagdi Summit. So what's the Alter Rebbe saying? So you want to do Mivachan, you want to cross yourself, so you think about the Khatas Nuri, you think about the sins of your youth. And since. Lamaila, where you where you made the where you made the pagam, where you made the blemish. It's Lamaila, Masman is higher than time. So it's as if he did the Avera today. Now you're gonna say one second, but I also did Truva. Great. But it's very possible that the Truva that you did three days ago is not adequate for today. So in that case, what do you have? 
the Aveira you have, but your tshuva isn't up to snuff. You have to update your tshuva. Yes, your tshuva always exists. Your Aveira exists and your tshuva exists. It's Lamayla Masman, but you always have to make sure that the tshuva matches the Aveira. And the tshuva has to be according to the level where you are today. Let's do this inside. Even though that the person already did a proper tshuva, tshuva is primarily in the heart. There are many different levels in the heart. How much regret do you have to have? That depends on what kind of person you are. Your capacity, your heart's capacity. Well, if he has man depends on the time, it depends on the place. as is known to those who know. And therefore, now at this moment, when a person sees by himself, he sees that the light of the neshama is not catching on. From this he can infer that today your tshuva wasn't accepted. Three days ago your tshuva was fine, but today your tshuva wasn't accepted. You need to upgrade. Your Aveda, today your Aveda is separating you from Hashem. And now Dr. Rebbe is going to say something even more radical. Oy. Or there's another possibility. The possibility is that your tshuva at this moment is fine. In other words, based on the level where you are, your tshuva is appropriate. But in heaven they're not happy because you've stalled your growth. They want you to grow to a higher level and then do tshuva on the higher level also. In other words, the first possibility is you grew, the tshuva didn't grow along with you. Grow along with you. And now the second, the second possibility is, no, 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 you're fine. But the problem is you've been stagnating inside. From heaven, this is a signal that they want you to, to rise to a higher level of tshuva. From a deeper level of the heart. And that's why David said, my sin is always... Um, against me because I'm constantly challenged to do tshuva on a higher level. So this was the next level of mevachin. The first one is who you are. And the second level of mevachin is they're saying that also look back at the sins you've done in the past. Yeah, the Altarebbe singles out a particular Avera, but it's true regarding all Averas. Every Avera makes a pagambal yoinim. And you have to realize that if you have Tim part of the mevachin is realizing I have to do tshuva again on a higher level for the things that I did wrong in the past. Um, Good job, everyone.